It's a huge platform for three former Cougars at the Senior Bowl this week. Let's get you ready for that. And also, let's talk BYU basketball in the future for Mark Pope's squad as they get ready for the Big 12. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Our title sponsor today is our friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. The Senior Bowl is ongoing in Mobile, Alabama. We have people from the Locked On Podcast Network down there covering the event that will be joining us here later in the week, hopefully providing us with some content, some audio video maybe that we possibly could use from the three BYU Cougars that are in attendance at this showcase event down there. It is the preeminent uh, postseason showcase for NFL draft hopefuls. Uh, Jeff Hansen tweeted this out. I've seen it reported elsewhere that somewhere between 80 and 85% of all Senior Bowl invitees are drafted in the NFL draft. Essentially, if you're if you're a Senior Bowl guy, most NFL teams have what they call a draftable grade on you, whether that's a first, second, third, all the way through the seventh round. They have a draft Grade. They, they think you are a draftable prospect. Does that mean all of them have that draftable grade? No, but enough of them do, and you're big enough name, I guess, also at the same time for the Senior Bowl to bring you in. So obviously, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, and Blake Freeland are there in Alabama trying to show what they're capable of doing. And I think the biggest thing for all three of them is just showing that, hey, we may not have played a Power 5 schedule during our time playing for the BYU Cougars. We played as close to one as we possibly could have, and we were all productive at that level. That That's the positive for these BYU guys. What I love about this is it's a huge platform for all three of them to show what they can do. I want to start off with Jaron Hall. And obviously, Jaron is a guy that is getting all kinds of hype. Uh, he is actually a guy that a lot of the national scouts out there, I saw it on ESPN. I'm actually pulling it up as we speak. It was from Matt Miller, uh, who obviously does the NFL draft scout thing. He's done that for many, many years. I think a decade and a half now professionally doing this. But he said a guy that he is most looking forward to, a current day three prospect, has the best chance to rise with a great week. And he says, Jaron Hall, BYU quarterback. The quarterback class is dominated by underclassmen not eligible to participate at the Senior Bowl, which opens the door for Hall, a sudden quarterback prospect with great ability to throw on the move and create inside and outside the pocket. And what he means by that is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, all guys that are underclassmen or otherwise are ineligible because they haven't graduated, etc., to play in this game. So it opens the door, as he mentioned, for Jaron Hall to come in. He says the six foot four, six foot one senior. COVID junior, whatever, same difference, is already 24 years old, which will impact how NFL teams view him, but his production has been phenomenal with 31 touchdown passes to six interceptions in 2022 with a QB rating of 79.3. He's also dangerous on the ground with three more touchdowns via rushes. Hall is a day three prospect, but in a quarterback class that's very unsettled beyond the first round, Hall has room to rise this week. And that's actually a very positive thing to hear if you're a Jaron Hall stand, and I am one of those. I think Jaron Hall, I think the absolute world 
world of this young man. Just an absolute class act all the way around. Uh, we talked last week about uh, how he might be the next Brock Purdy per the athletic. Uh, he has got all the tools, it feels like, to make a move up draft boards this week down there in Mobile. What he has to show, though, is he's got to show that being 24 years old, being a little more mature, uh, that his physical tools are not completely, I guess, how do I say this? They're not completely maxed out. Because NFL teams are going to look at him and say, okay, well, he's 24. If you've got a guy of comparable uh, skill talent who's 21 or 22, why wouldn't I go for the younger prospect? That That's going to be something he's going to have to battle, as Miller uh, mentioned, just due to his age. But the one thing about Jaron is we all know this. When the chips are down, when he seems to have his back against the wall, he seems to come to come out with some of his best performances. And he had a really, really fine season for BYU this past year. Injuries aside, he had that shoulder injury that really clearly hampered him during the month of October, none more so than that game against Notre Dame. Also missed the bowl game. Uh, that was obviously a, a thing that he'll have to prove that that high ankle sprain that he had suffered in the lead-up, no, it was not in the lead-up, it was actually in that Stanford uh, season finale, he suffered the high ankle sprain that knocked him out of the bowl game. He's got to prove to the scouts this week that there's no ill effects from that. Uh, typically, those injuries, you've all heard, we've all become seemingly uh, experts on high ankle sprains due to uh, the injury to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, some people say it's a three to six weeks, it's six to eight weeks, depending on the severity in terms of full recovery. Well, Jaron should be close to having that full recovery on that ankle, and he's going to have to go out and show that. Obviously, he's got an ability to throw the ball all over the yard. We all know that, and they mentioned the fact that he can make plays both inside and outside the pocket with his mobility. One thing that he also has to prove is that being six foot one, being a shorter prospect, is not going to hamper him in terms of being able to see the throwing lanes. One thing that I had an NFL a person tell me that's far, far more in the know on why Jaron Hall's got a day three grade on him right now is that he does not see the middle of the field well. And what he means by that is look at the production for BYU's tight ends. Where do tight ends do most of their work mainly? In the middle of the field. Where did BYU seemingly throw the ball all the time with Jaron Hall at quarterback? To the outside, to the wide receivers. Now, that could be a personal preference thing for a guy like Jaron Hall, but this week he's got to prove he can see guys across the middle, see those crossing receivers, see the tight end on those hook routes, the the, the hitch routes that will be running into the middle of the field. He's got to prove he can see those over some of those bigger offensive linemen out there. Now, other guys we need to talk about, Puka Nakua. Now, Puka, if you were to say which of these three guys, you said, that, you said Jake, 85% of guys get drafted. Which of these BYU guys doesn't get drafted in your mind if it's going to come to that? It's probably Puka Nakua. And I don't see why he wouldn't get drafted, but just because of the lack of hype about him is why I am concerned that he may ultimately go undrafted if he does not show out in a circumstance like this at the Senior Bowl. Any Cougar fan, any of you listening and or watching this podcast, know what Puka Nakua is capable of doing. He is a do-everything type prospect. I compared him to Debo Samuel multiple times this year. His ability to carry the ball, to catch it, make plays out of the backfield, add the regular X or Z receiver role, he has got all the capability of doing that, but he's got to prove that against some of the best talent this week. Does he have a chance to move up if he has a good week down there in Mobile? Absolutely, but the lack of hype for him coming into this is mildly concerning to me as a guy who is very interested to see where he ultimately does land. I am of the opinion that even if he were to go undrafted, that uh, Puka Nakua, I think, would make an NFL roster. He has got the size, the speed, the weight, the catch radius, the ability to make plays that I think any coach who knows what they're looking for would make use of a young man like this. But the, this is a huge opportunity because, like I said, I have seen 
very little in terms of notes on Pukunakua about him in the NFL draft. So the hope is that this week at the at the Senior Bowl, he goes out there and proves every proves to everybody that hey. I'm a prospect you probably should have been looking at earlier on, and I'm a guy you absolutely should be tracking moving forward here on into the NFL Combine, Pro Day, all that stuff. Now, the third guy that I am most excited for, because I think he's going to be the highest drafted guy uh, for BYU this year, is Blake Freeland. A guy who came to BYU, had never played offensive line, had all the athletic traits of a great offensive lineman, but had played quarterback, tight end, uh, punter, it felt like. Uh, all the different positions you could have played outside of offensive line in football growing up. But BYU saw the uh, the genetic traits he had, said, you know what, you're going to come in here, we're going to bulk you up. They got him to around 300 pounds on a six foot eight frame and made him into a very, very athletic offensive lineman. Does that mean that Blake ends up playing left tackle in the NFL? I have no way of knowing that. But he has all of the athletic gifts to make an NFL team say, oh my goodness, we need to bring this kid in because he has still not reached his potential. Think about this, folks. He's been at BYU for four years. He redshirted the first part of his first season at BYU, came in cold off the bench seemingly in that upset win over Boise State, if you recall it. It was also Baylor Romney's first start as a Cougar. And uh, he went out there at right tackle, had barely been learning the position, and fared extremely well. He has got a competitive streak, a nasty streak that he is very want to show out there on the football field. But he's a very chill dude off the field. It's, it's a really interesting combo that I look forward to seeing what he can show NFL teams this week. All the physical tools are there. The height, the weight, the length, the, the overall athleticism. This is a kid, if you recall, was an all-state basketball player. Uh, won multiple state titles in the track and field in the throws events at the Utah High School Athletic Administration Athletic Association level at the 6A ranks. So this is a kid, uh, speaking of Blake, that I feel like is just barely kind of just scratching the surface of what he can become as an offensive lineman. And I think that an NFL team is probably going to look at him and say, man, there's oodles and oodles of potential in this young man. Uh, I, I think the one thing that you can point to with Blake is a similar circumstance to what Ziggy Ansaw had when Ziggy went to the NFL uh, senior, not the NFL combine, the senior bowl when he was coming out of BYU. You remember Ziggy? All of the athletic traits in the entire world. Tall, fast, freakishly strong, had barely played any football, football period in his life, uh, but he just had all those traits, uh, proved to be very coachable. I remember the Detroit Lions were one of the teams coaching uh, that senior bowl. They fell in love with him, and they took him with the number 5 overall pick. And yes, did his career pan out to be the double-digit sack artist that many of us hoped he would become in the NFL? No, but he had multiple moments during his career in the NFL, speaking of Ziggy, that he proved that this is a kid who can make plenty of money, A, and also be a contributor to a high-level team. And that that's the one thing that I think Blake Freeland's got to kind of think he, he's got the same type of trajectory here. The hope is that Blake has a longer and more fruitful career on the offensive line than Ziggy did, because Ziggy dealt with numerous injuries during his time in the pro game. But I, I'm very bullish on Blake Freeland, and I cannot wait to see what, what he shows this week at the Senior Bowl. Like I said, we got eyes and ears on the ground down there in Mobile from the Locked On Network. We'll be sure to bring you any and all information we can glean. Anything I read as well, we'll be sure to bring to you throughout the week as well. But coming up next, I want to switch gears and talk a little BYU basketball. Obviously, it's better to come from an expert's mouth than my own. Well, I'm going to welcome in Jason Jordan. He is the Locked On uh, College Basketball Recruiting Insider for us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to talk a lot about where BYU is right now. 
where they need to get to as they go into the Big 12 and what some of the prospects both uh, currently coming into the uh, program as well as guys BYU's currently recruiting uh, may do for the Cougars as they try to compete this season and beyond as members of the Big 12 Conference. We'll get to that conversation here momentarily. First, though, need to get a word in on our friends over at FanDuel. They've been a big part of ours all year long. And, of course, the Super Bowl is upcoming. And the only app you need to use at your Super Bowl party is our friends at FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about having FanDuel as our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Right now, what you need to do is download a FanDuel, the app right now, so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. And what that means is you get up to $3,000, three thousand dollars my friends back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win think about that FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown in the big game and best part is you can customize it to however you want to go about it you want to put a parlay together they got that for you guys want prop bets all of that is available to you now from our friends at FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings out instantly. Think about that. It can be done right away. So get out there and check it out. That's the FanDuel app. Join FanDuel today by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim that no sweat first bet. Once again, a 3000 potential reward in uh, free bets from our friends at FanDuel on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL and of course our new partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please be joined now by Jason Jordan, of course, the college basketball recruiting insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just a reminder that all of these interviews with our Locked On Insiders is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Jason, uh, thanks again for taking some time to join us here on Locked On Cougars and talking some BYU hoops. How are you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? Uh, doing great. Uh, thanks again for carving out some time for us here. And uh, obviously, uh, this BYU basketball season, I don't think for any Cougar fan, has gone the way they hoped it would go, uh, if, I, if I'm being frank. They're 14-10 and 10 as of recording of this podcast. And uh, scuffling along, it feels like a little bit in the West Coast Conference. But they are getting ready to jump to the Big 12 next season. So yeah. I'm going to give you kind of a 30,000-foot view question right now. Where do you think BYU stands right now versus what they need to be when they get to the Big 12 next fall? I mean, there's some hope. I mean, you you know, you had the game against Gonzaga. You probably should have won. You had the game against St. Mary's. You probably should have won there. Y'all are probably mad that I brought that up because you had just gotten over it. <laughs> so, I mean, there's hope. You know, you got to, as as fans, you have to hold on to hope. And you could have easily won those games. Um, so that's what you tend to lean into. And um, I think that, that, you know, that's not a reach. You know, I watched the St. Mary's game, and that was certainly a game that, you guys could have won. So I think that, and then you have young talent like Dalen and Richie and Treore. Um, and I think those are good pieces. Um, so I, I think, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, the big 12 stuff, there's no way around it. Kansas, Kansas state, Kansas, Oklahoma. I mean, I don't want to talk about the murderer's road that you're going to go up against next year, but um, you know, it, it'll be tough, but I think you're trending in the right direction, given that you have young talent and you're getting them, some much-needed reps uh, to go into that league because you <laughs> you are definitely going to need it uh, in that league for sure. But they're going to need it to, uh, you know, you guys are formidable, more than formidable. I mean, you, you, you're you proving your mettle, and I think, I think that's good. I think hope is good, and I think you have hope. 
Now, because oh. there are some teams that don't have hope. Be clear. I had this conversation yesterday. Okay. They just don't. Hey, I, 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 I think all Cougar fans are happy to hear that coming from you, a guy yeah. who covers this sport day in and day out. And uh, yeah. you mentioned two guys in particular I wanted to ask about, Hall and Saunders. Both of them freshmen, both of them older freshmen. Obviously, a lot of people know that BYU has guys yeah. that go out on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they've gone out, served two years, and now are back in the program. Yeah. But both were high-level prospects when they originally signed with BYU. What do you see from those two in particular that you talk about that, that gives you – a quote-unquote, that hope for the Cougars moving forward? Well, you know, they you, they show spurts. I mean, mm-hmm. Dalen's pretty consistent. Uh, well, I would say they both need to work on consistency, but that's to be expected at where they're at. But then, you know, Dalen had the big 23-point game against St. Mary's. He was mm-hmm. like your savior. Um, so he's showing star potential there. Uh, you know, Richie has been pretty pretty steady all year. And I think as them as a building block going forward, when you look uh, logical progression, mm-hmm. um, that is a pretty solid – foundation to to build on in your backcourt and so I think that the future looks bright in that regard now you also mentioned a Fuseni Traore he's a guy that yeah. he's undersized height wise at his position yeah. but he makes up yeah. for it with his length and his wingspan and just his overall athleticism uh, yeah. what do you think the ceiling is for a guy like him I like the undersized bigs, man. I mean, I think they work harder. It's mm-hmm. like they have little man complex, but they're not that little. <laughs> yeah. But he definitely fits that mold. Low, a big, strong, uh, low post presence, defensive presence. Like you said, the wingspan is the wingspan. Um, I definitely think, um, you know, he's come on strong this year. I, I, what is he at? Like 12 and 8 yeah, or something roughly, like that? Yeah. The season, something like that. Those are huge numbers. I mean, Big 12 is a big – physical conference so it'll be uh right what he's used to right what he seems to like he loves he seems to love that physical game down in the paint and I think um he'll mesh right into the style that is the big 12 so he's going to be vital if not uh, paramount for you guys going forward now, Mark Pope has been very, very heavily using the transfer portal during his time at BYU yeah. so far. Uh, one guy that I wanted to ask you about is Jackson Robinson. Obviously, he spent a season at, at Texas A&M, spent a season yeah. in Arkansas, now lands at BYU, and the comments he's made to the media indicate that he feels like he's found a, a place at BYU where he wants to stick long-term. Uh, he's got time on his side still, uh, crazily enough, after the uh, yeah. after his freshman year was the COVID year, all that stuff. Is he capable of becoming the 3 and D at minimum type guy that I think most people projected him as, as a four-star talent coming out? Yeah, definitely. I've always been a fan of his, even back in the AAU days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had 17 against Gonzaga. So that's that. those are the bright spots you see. But he's been pretty... Been pretty consistent, almost at almost at ten points a game. You know, I think three point two. I think I looked it up the other day, and he was, you know, like around three assists a game. But mm-hmm. just well rounded, um, definitely a on the floor present, like a presence guy. Yeah. Um, and that's what you need on the court, and specifically in the backcourt and on the perimeter. So um, he's definitely a guy I feel like you can build around. Now, obviously, as BYU moves towards joining the Big 12, uh, most Cougar fans, uh, when I ask them about, okay, what do you, what do you want to see BYU get going into the Big 12, they say size. They, 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 yeah. see, they see the Big 12 beating the crap out of each other, for lack of a better term, <laughs> night in and night out. And they're going into probably the premier basketball conference in the country. And uh, yeah. relative to some of those uh, rosters in the Big 12, they are undersized. So is that, I guess, in your mind, what is, is that the number one thing BYU needs to focus on as they move forward here is getting more size, especially along the interior yeah size and depth i would say depth yeah. uh, f- depth of that size yes. right yeah. um 
and you got Traore, but you know he's gonna need help because it's gonna be tough. You know, <laughs> they keep Big Twelve keep throwing big bodies at you down there in the paint, and that's you know that's their claim to fame. And so um, I would definitely say this stocking up on that front court and those big hefty guys down there that can battle, <clears throat> excuse me, like Traore are are definitely um, what they're probably gonna grab in the portal are going to look for in the portal. Um, and I know they know that. So um, that is definitely what you're probably going to be picking up in the spring and summer. You, you mentioned the fact that that, that depth question, because they have a Tiki Ali Atiki there, and he was as raw of a prospect as I have seen like, coming into a program. Mark Pope has talked about it. He played all of 17 organized basketball games, if I, if I think it was the number with Mark Pope throughout there, coming to BYU. Uh, do you feel like a guy like that, where they're so raw, but you see the athletic potential in them, is the, is the way maybe BYU should go in terms of hopefully hoping to develop talent versus maybe having to go out and win a recruiting battle here and there? Yeah, well, see, the, the yes, but, you know, the world we're living in now, i.e. the transfer portal, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's a, it's a whole new world. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's like a whole different lane. And, you know, you guys are still a, a, a name that rings out on the recruiting trail. So, BYU, you're going you're gonna to be able to get in uh, some proven talent. What I mean by proven is guys that may be at a lower level, yeah. yes, but they're still at the level, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning the collegiate level, and it's not high school, and that is a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to really scour the globe (laughs) of the transfer portal, which is going to swell at the seams because they've added 14 more days Mm -hmm. for people to make up their minds. So I definitely think that um, you'll be able to get some really quality uh, big guys and um, to go along with the guys that have a lot of potential. Now, I got a couple of questions about guys. You know, BYU is already interested in the 2024 class, Jason, I want to ask you about. We'll get to that in just a moment. Do you need to get a quirk word in on one of our great local sponsors, our friends over at UCCU? And just a reminder that you let UCCU make your family's dream of owning a home come true by making it more affordable. Right now, UCCU is offering low rate 7 and 10 year arms with rate inflation protection and adjustable rate mortgage, or an arm for short, comes with an initial low rate of 7 to 10 years. After that, that adjusts to rate fluctuate based on the market. The big advantage of an arm right Right now is that it comes with a lower initial rate that's lower than a conventional mortgage, actually making it easier for you to own a home and get in on a home. And with this lower rate, it gives you more purchase power than a traditional mortgage. In fact, you get up to 10% more housed with that arm for the same payment as a conventional loan with our friends over at UCCU. So get on it now to learn more, visit or get an arm started. Simply visit uccu.com and select the arm that works best for you or stop by any UCCU branch in person. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Continuing on here with Jason Jordan, our Locked On uh, college basketball recruiting insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Jason, there there are three guys that BYU fans know of in the 2024 class in terms of the high school rankings that BYU is chasing. And one of them is, a well, I, all of them have a local connection, but one of them in particular is Brody Kozlowski. And uh, mm-hmm. he's got a family connection via his mother to BYU. She's actually a standout athlete in her own right playing for BYU. Mm-hmm. But this is a kid who's just seemingly on the cusp of like breaking out nationally on the recruiting scene. What do you see from him and what do you think BYU's chances are of making sure that he stays home at BYU? Oh, good. I mean, you know, the family connection never hurts. Right. But I, you know, I saw him with the Utah prospects. I think (laughs) he and another guy you guys are on Isaac, Isaac Davis. I was going to ask about Isaac in a minute. Yeah. 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 Y'all tend to, y'all tend to uh, be really uh, immersed with the Utah prospects. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Call it a hunch. 
But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, a stretch for a low post score. Um, definitely, like you said, I do think he's on the cusp. He had a really strong spring and summer mm-hmm. uh, on the Adidas circuit last year, and that's no slouch. Um, obviously, everybody knows Nike EYBL runs the yeah. world, but Adidas is a second, mm-hmm. second in line for sure. So um, to be formidable in that league is saying a lot. And um, <clears throat> at six seven, his ability to be versatile and knock down shots um, – is is something that's going to propel him, uh, not even just in the rankings, but just what's more important, <laughs> his overall game. And so he's kind of coming into his own now, and I think he's probably going to be in for a big spring. Now, I, you mentioned Isaac Davis, and uh, yeah. what, I, what I've seen from him, I, I've seen some of the highlights he's shown. I actually <clears> had a chance to catch one of his games on uh, YouTube, if I recall correctly. It might have been another website, but he yeah. screams to me just all kinds of athleticism. He's similar to yeah. Sandy Troyer where he's a little bit undersized but plays bigger than his listed height and weight. Yeah. What do you see from him? Yeah, it's like you said. I mean, kind of like that, but, you know, he his, his motor is – yeah, it's the biggest thing is his motor, and that's one of the things I think are – you know, if I had to pick the, the greatest skill, and trust me, it's a skill, mm-hmm. it's to have a high motor. Because th- when you have a high motor at that size, you are going to be productive. And that's what coaches want. They want a productive player um, at his size. Six, like you said, they think he's like six, 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 seven, yeah. but plays low post. Doesn't he's, he's one of those guys who is okay with who he is. So what I mean by that is he's not trying to run the point. Yeah, he's like six seven. I'm a point guard. Yeah, I'm going to the NBA. I got to be Penny Hardaway. No, he is well. Uh, what he he understands that he is going to do his most damage uh, down there in the paint area, and so he he kind of maximizes his potential down there. So he stays within himself, and uh, because of that, he is a productive, very very productive player for them. Now, BYU will always try and tap into that Wasatch Academy and their international trove of yeah. prospects. Malik Diallo, if I've got it, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, is yeah. kind of the latest guy yeah. that BYU's on. Six foot eight, uh, kind of plays a, a hybrid center forward role. It feels like yeah. for Wasatch. Uh, what about him? What, what do you see from him on tape, et cetera? Really like him at Wasatch. He plays in the NIBC, which means he plays in the number one yeah. uh, conference in the country on planet Earth at that at that age group, right? So. Mm-hmm. He's getting some uh, well, uh, some some uh, some much needed training on the job, right? So he's playing against Montverde and IMG and all mm-hmm. those superstar teams. Uh, but he's done really well. He's averaging about six rebounds a game. He's a workhorse down there too. High motor, a high energy player. Finishes with both hands, but um, really active rebounder and a defensive presence. So um, he's a guy who's who's also going to be in for a big summer. I'm sure he, everybody who's anybody's trying to get him. Uh, to be on their summer teams for what I hear. But, um, you know, we'll see where he lands. I think, I think you know, he's pretty stable where he's at. But um, he's a guy I'm definitely going to be watching. I'll see him at the NIBC uh, in March, and I'll definitely see him in Geico if, they, um, if they're able to make it qualify for that. Now, Mark Pope is well-known for literally globetrotting. He'll go all over the world. He feels like if he needs to go out and recruit a guy. He went to Madagascar uh, this past year and was the only, I guess, college coach at the Division I level to make that trip. Uh, What is his rep on the recruiting trail just as a a coach? Yeah, he definitely is a name that rings out. So when you, you know, you get the – I always do like the – I say I call them B-side conversations when the recorder's off and they're like – I guess so, so. Did they hit you up, or you know, I'm talking about a different coach or a different school? Like, mm-hmm. yo, when I, I've heard the excitement from yeah, my Mark Pope texts me, you know, I, I've heard that, you mm-hmm. know. So I'll 
And and that I don't say that about every coach because they don't say that about every coach and they don't have the inflection in their tone about every mm-hmm. coach. But he's definitely a guy whose name rings out and he brings the excitement. And that's what you want on the recruiting trail. Those little things matter. Um, you want a recruit to be excited that the head man hit them or even the head assistant mm-hmm. um, hit them to say that, hey, we're going to start coming to your games or coming to your practice. And they definitely check that box. So that's big. That's big. If your fans don't know that already, um, that is definitely a big thing. And he he certainly brings that excitement to recruits. Now, I've talked with enough people about the Power 5 label and, and football recruiting side of things, like be, being able to go mm-hmm. out on the recruiting sphere and, and say, hey, we are a Power 5 program. Right. How important will it be for BYU to say that we, A, are Power 5 and also, B, that we are part of the Big 12 Conference moving forward here? Yeah, it means it means something for sure. Um, I'll say this because I've had this question asked mm-hmm. to me a couple times. I, depending on the recruit, like mm-hmm. the level, um, so an elite kid, meaning like a McDonald's type kid, like a, let's say a top yeah. twenty-five, eh, they don't care about that. <laughs> you know, they they don't, they don't care about that because the reality is they're just so used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to that second tier, it matters to some degree, but more so than anything, these kids really want to go where they're going to play, where they're going to have the right fit. I think now, in the last three to five years, more than ever kids are really focused on fit where it used to be cliche. They actually mean it now um, because they're starting to see that, you know, uh, they're starting to pay attention in March and see yeah. that the big boys go down just like everybody else in weekend one. So, um, you know, I think they're, they're not so much um, mesmerized by the name on the front of the Jersey or even the conference, but you know, the reality is when you can say power five, when you can say, uh, you know, we're in the big 12, that means, uh, my grandma is going to be able to see me on ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be able to see me on national television. And, and that is the part that matters, especially in this day and age where it's okay for recruits to now start talking about marketing and not look like mm-hmm. divas <laughs> because we have NIL. So uh-huh. you got to tell me about my marketing coach. If you want me to come, let me know something. How much am I getting? <laughs> let me know. So, you know, uh, I think it matters in that regard more than anything. Well, we all know that it's a whole new world out there. Transfer portal, yeah, NIL, it, it's completely revolutionized the game. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned the fact, are you? so what, what is your schedule for the next couple of months? I'm sure you're going to be at high school tournament after high school tournament, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah so I'll be um, NIBC this weekend. Uh, I, NIBC all the weekend. Yeah. Right? So I'll be at NIBC, I'll be at Montverde IMG. <clears throat> I believe it's February 10th, and then I'll be at the NIBC close. March 2nd and 3rd, and then we'll be at Geico early April and McDonald's and stuff like that. So busy times ahead. Well, fantastic stuff, Jason. Look forward to doing this again down the road, and thanks again for taking some time. Absolutely, thanks. All right, there you go. That is Jason Jordan, of course, our Locked On Insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network. A big thank you to him for taking the time to join us here, talking all things BYU and recruiting moving forward for the Cougars. We'll have more for you guys tomorrow. Signing day in the college uh, football realm. We'll have you ready for that as well. Make sure you join us every single day, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Get caught up on everything going on in Big 12 football, basketball, and beyond. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. Once again, I'm Jay Catch. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.